0: Understated presents LA Underground with Wu Kan. girl now, how she say what LA Underground Now give me something to dance to dance to Understated LA This is only the beginning
1: Clever the way everything blends together and my sound way down by the underground.
2: LA Underground, a Wu Kan.
0: Listening to the Understated Recordings Podcast, LA.
1: along this is understated presents la underground this is our 27th episode and i'm Rukin, and i'll be guiding you through the next hour or so coming up later in the show we have a really special guest someone who has risen fast out of the la underground over the last few years it's lebelski he took some time out of the studio to talk with me and also generously dropped an incredible guest mix so stick around for that at the end of the show so the world may be on lockdown, but house music producers certainly are not stopping anytime soon and there has been an absolute flurry of amazing music coming into my inbox. and so I thought I'd kick off the show with a couple more tracks than normal this week. And kicking off proceedings for us is one of Understated's own. the next release coming out on the label this is Garno and Spring. i In the background right now is a track from Kyle Watson and the sponges called the ratchet Express. And you can pick that up on box of cats. I've been excited about the sponges ever since I make it juicy a couple of years ago. Such a talented couple of producers and Kyle Watson, of course, uh, on this collaboration too. before that Mike Woods returns to reptile dysfunction in collaboration with AMF records with I'm in love and coming up next is a really beautiful track from some stalwarts of the dance music scene this is dirty Vegas with happening
0: Trying to understand all the feelings I can't let go I love be
1: listening to us right now, then you already found us, but you can pick this podcast up absolutely anywhere where podcasts are available. But we really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and subscribe. Also, please get in touch. Let us know how you're doing during the lockdown and chat with us on our socials. You can get us at Understated Recordings, Understated LA, and me personally at Rukin Official. So coming up right now, as promised, is my interview with Lebelski. So today in the understated studio, I am really excited to bring in an artist that I've been wanting to get on the show for quite some time. He's literally had a meteoric rise from the underground (laughs) in Los Angeles. There he is giggling away in the background. He's released on some incredible labels so far in his career. Uh, He's a regular on Desert Hearts, tracks out on Nervous, Lapsus, Groove. Reptile Dysfunction, Repopulate Mars, and uh, Dirty Bird 2. He uh, launched his label, Percomaniacs, a uh, a couple of years ago, and it's flying. They've had some absolute heaters coming out on that label. And this year released, uh, I believe it's his first album, uh, Universal Groove, which is a really eclectic and beautiful piece of work, and we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, Most recently, out on Melee's label, Club Bad, is his Windpipe EP, and you can get that right now. And again, another cracking piece of work. Uh, please welcome to the studio, Lebelski. How are you doing?
3: I'm good. Good. Nice Saturday morning. Just about to go on a hiking a little bit here.
1: Yeah, recovered from your six hour set last night. Oh, yeah.
3: Well hydrated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I guess the first thing to ask you is
3: how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, I miss gigging, but been writing music. We've got our streams going. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm am doing great, thank you. Yeah, the stream the stream is. I feel like you've jumped onto that in a really proactive um, way. Like, I mean, you're streaming. If I'm right,
3: every day. With oh somebody. no, not 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 no? every day. Not but every day. We're quite, doing but- like uh, four days a week. So I mean, it feels like every day. Yeah, I mean, four but.
1: four out of seven is is more than most, I would say, and th- and that's through the through the label, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. We just decided to kind of pull together on it. Uh, it's a new social social network that we're not. None of us have a following on, so we just felt easier if we all just did it together.
1: Yeah, that's great. So who who's on there with you? So it's Perkamaniacs. Who else?
3: Um, so our schedule usually looks like we do a production session on Thursdays in the evenings. It's either from me, Ribo, or Wyatt. I've done a couple, Wyatt's done one. Ribo has yet to do one. Uh, but those have been fun. Friday nights we have an extended set from you know, one of us. So it'd be me, Ribo, or Wyatt. I did mine last night. Ribo was last week, and Wyatt will do his next week. Uh, to, and then on Saturdays, we like to do special guest extended sets. Just feel like giving people kind of a, a platform to kind of take people on a journey. Today we have Mr. C, who, uh, as you know, is a legend in the UK. Ebenezer Good. Ebenezer Good, yeah. From the Shaman. Uh, yeah, so he's going to play today. And then on Sundays, we just all rotate. And then on Mondays, we uh, we have something we call Classifieds, which uh, it's Monday morning, so it's it's like you, if you're listening to music, you're probably also looking for a job. Uh, <laughs> so we <laughs> we have our mi- minimal minimal Mondays uh, from our, from our boys in San Diego.
1: That's awesome, um, and you've been a friend of Understated for a long time. In fact, you played the
3: first Understated, isn't that right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, how did you guys all get to know each other?
3: Um, well, Mike Fraser and I actually met at a party at like end of high school. I think like he he went to uh, Samo and I I went to school in Malibu and same school district and um, we just like met at like some warehouse party and like we we just hit it off musically. And then from there, it was just like we became friends. Like he played my 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 21st birthday as well. Uh, so when I moved back to LA from college, he had asked. He was like, "I'm starting a party. Come play it." I'm like, okay. And then it was actually the first party I ever played under my Lubelski alias. Is that right? Yeah, because before that, I was uh, I had gone by different aliases. And then I was like, okay, well, when I move back to LA, I'll I'll get real serious about it. And kind of start from scratch. So where did you go to college? Uh, Santa Cruz. And what did you major in? Uh, (laughs) Electrical engineering and business management economics. And I uh, basically got into modular synthesis from there. Really weird place to kind of be a house DJ, though, because, I mean, it's like you've got San Francisco, but in Santa Cruz, it's basically just bass music. You've got guys like Bass Nectar, G. Jones, and, uh, you know, mostly bass music acts come out of Santa Cruz.
1: So did you find yourself having to drift into that territory or did you stay firm in the in, in house music?
3: Uh, I've been making house music since I was like 14. Uh, when I was a kid, I was always listening to house music like Moby and Fatboy Slim and the Gorillaz were kind of like my jam growing up, um, besides like classic rock and R&B. But, Yeah, I think I just always gravitated towards house. And uh, most of my friends in high school made dubstep, so it wasn't really much of a deviation. Anyways, it's like I was the only only house kid.
1: (laughs) But it sounds like you did know a lot of people who were making music.
3: Yeah, I tried to surround myself with people who were also like-minded in that way. Uh, I was lucky in in high school they had a audio technology class and I would literally, skip my other classes and just go hang out in those rooms and work in the studios and uh definitely got in trouble for it but i mean it was the only thing i wanted to do
1: well it seems to be making sense now that you did that
3: (laughs) guess so yeah
1: so i mean obviously this is like a really peculiar time for everybody and i'm i'm curious to know um just from just the market sense of it how sustainable is what's happening now in terms of releasing dance music without being
3: able to dance <laughs> i mean you can dance wherever you want you know uh, but i do find th- this idea of like making club friendly tracks seems a little off-putting given the current circumstances it's like how are you gonna make a banger if like you're gonna, you know, just you're you're basically jamming in your living room for now? So it's like I think there there is kind of a focus towards making more eclectic experimental music in these times. And I'm sure a lot of the anxiety and stress that people are feeling is also being channeled into their art. So
1: So do you think in in that respect, would you say as a producer, you're kind of just letting yourself be a conduit for that and 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 letting it flow into music? Is it affecting you positively?
3: I definitely have been getting a little bit more experimental, I would say. And then I would say I've I've written a few songs sort of related to quarantine and the feeling of isolation and not being able to, you know, see a bunch of people. But it hasn't affected me too much other than just the fact that I'm not you know, touring and being able to play this music live. It's like the only way to really gauge crowd reaction is on these streaming services but it's cool cuz like you get real time feedback so it's it's kind of a it's cool medium but it's a totally different sensation
1: and do you feel confident when it comes back it will feel as alive as it did before
3: I don't know i i'm just totally unsure about that i imagine people will be very excited but also very apprehensive so it's it's tough to to gauge um at this point at this stage especially, it, especially since we're not very far along in, uh i guess the recovery phase right
1: is it affecting your plans for when you're going to release material
3: you know no it's not i'm still i I've, I've had releases lined up for the last uh six months throughout the, the full year uh i was you know i had my album and I was planning on having a release every single month for the rest of the year, and I do. So it's like e- even more than that uh, for the most part. So I mean, like, what am I gonna do? Just cancel the releases? You know? Um, but uh, there has been some delays because of it. Um, I have an, an EP on Elro that was supposed to come out this month that got delayed. I had an EP on The Perfect that was supposed to come out last month. That got delayed to, to June um stuff on dirty bird super freak which is mr c's label with david scuba yeah i mean i've I've just got releases lined up for the rest of the year so i'm not i'm not planning on stopping i feel like people are still at their computers and still listening to music regardless so it doesn't make any sense to slow down
1: yeah i think as long as people are are, uh streaming and buying it makes complete sense to keep yeah keep putting it out right
3: i guess the one thing would be to uh we've at least with uh Percomaniacs, we've dialed back on doing club promo and, and not sending music to other DJs and just trying to find other ways to market the music. Uh, because, I mean, like, you know, with the club promo, you send it out to DJs, they might play. People are asking what the idea is, or the, they'll hear it. And the more they hear it, the more interested they might be in it. So we've dialed that back because it's like who's really playing at clubs. We'll just now send out personal emails to friends that we know are streaming, and maybe people will hear it. So let's talk a little bit about um,
1: Percomaniacs because it it strikes me that um, there is obviously some because it's your label there is some crossover from the music that you produce for that ends up going out on other labels and the sound that appears on Percomaniacs. What was the sort of general feeling and idea of Percomaniacs when you set it up? What did you hope? What's what's your plan for it? And what do you hope it it will be?
3: <laughs> well, first off, it was kind of the idea that like Ribo and I had, we wanted to do something that was gonna be our own. We felt like we wouldn't really be able to be taken seriously without something of our own and being able to showcase our own tastes on a broader level. And we, we, we received so much music from friends that we were just like, we can just put this out ourselves, you know? Um And I'd done label management for Desert Hearts and uh, I had run another label before. And I did A&R for a label in San Francisco called Pop Gang. So I had, I had the experience to do it. Uh, and we just wanted to like be in control of our own vision, you know? And not just have to face rejection or face somebody else's critique or criticism of um, our music. It's like, do it on our own watch. So that was kind of the initial idea. And now we're just really trying to push the boundaries sonically for the most part, I think, just trying to give people something different, something that they haven't heard, while still remaining in the confines of uh, house music. Just, re- just trying to put out good music, you know? I think that's the our core value right there. And and
1: there's some parties too, right? I mean, obviously we're not right now, but there's been some Percomaniacs events
3: too. Yeah, we uh, we threw one warehouse party, but we had a tour set up just before we this whole thing happened. But at our warehouse party, we, it was just me, Rybo, and Wyatt. We we said we'd have some special guests. Uh, Claude Von Stroke came by. Mikey and Porky came by. Had some other friends. I'm pretty sure Mike Fraser actually popped in and played a little bit with us. And our boy, Where's Phoenix, who you guys know, um, Somi and uh, DJ Mesa opened up uh, yeah, the good night. Of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great, great people. Um, but had a it was a good time. We were planning on doing more. It was just um, we were actually going to do an album release party. And my my album dropped on Mar- March 13th, which was basically the first day of quarantine. So it didn't didn't really get the chance to throw some more. But uh, we had some some cool shows lined up around the country and now it's not happening. <laughs> so,
1: well, it, it will come back, obviously. And, um, and we have some uh, personal crossover because of um, the Reptile Dysfunction Loop. Um, oh yeah. Huh. So I was on the last Miami Sampler, and, oh, and no you, you were on this one. And Cerveda, we were both on the last Miami Sampler, and you oh, released yeah, yeah. you released Cervada's tracks, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. They're, they're good yeah, boys. Yeah, they're
3: great, great dudes. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know. I didn't know you'd re- release a Reptile Dysfunction as well. That's cool. Yeah. Man. Did you? Dor- did you a great guy.
1: Ah, oh, wonderful guy. Did you um? Did you meet Cerveda, or did you just receive their music and like it?
3: actually i think we received it through their management had pitched it uh dermot from when we did was managing them for a little while sent me their music i'm pretty sure I think so maybe either way they sent us demos and we liked them yeah. so yeah uh I, they were in hollywood for a bit they were I yeah didn't get a, i didn't get a chance to meet up with them i was pretty bummed about it but well, yeah, it's a, it a
1: great EP as well. So I mean, oh, I mean yeah, you, so picked, you picked you really well,
3: for sure. Yeah, we I remember having to work with the uh, the track titles with them because it was just like I can't remember the names that they picked, but I remember kept, Cloud Break more drums. Yeah, I was like, right? how about you pick like something about like your favorite surf spot or something for that one? Yeah, I think one of them was just called like Conga Track or something. I can't remember, but I was just like, we 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 can be a little more creative here, guys. Right. but i love i love the music so i i made him
1: change it (laughs) do you get a kick out of that side of things as um as a as a as a label owner now you're working with artists and and doing it from the other side a little bit more
3: oh totally yeah definitely i mean i'll just write down track idea names in my free time for no reason so like when someone comes up with a name that's just like you know shake that booty or something just something generic track title like we can be more creative you know because it's like the first thing people see is the name of it before anything right. it's like the art and the name that's it so it's like the art's got to be good and the track title's got to be interesting yeah like uh i don't know one of my favorite songs of all times is a jazz song by uh, charles mingus called the shoes of the fisherman's wife are some jives jive ass slippers and it's that's like a- that's, that, that's just an incredible track title like even if you don't like the song, you are like you are thinking, thinking about it. You are thinking about it because it's like, how did you come up with that? Completely, that's great. Like uh, Fritz, Fritz Wentzink is like a genius at that kind of stuff. Like uh, one of his EPs that really struck me, just in track that it was uh, "Rising Sun, Falling Coconut" was the name of the track.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk but, a little bit about your album. The, the The thing that springs to mind when I listen to it is that it's it's deep, it's emotional. There is a lot yeah. of feeling in there and, and it's not it's not an album of club weapons. It seems much more layered than that. And um, obviously a lot of it will work on the dance floor, but can you talk a little bit about where you were at and how you approached it and and congratulations. I think it's an
3: oh, amazing piece of work. It was kind of a project that I had been working on over the course of like two years. I mean, I had like something like 25 tracks initially that I was like thinking of using for the album and I really wanted to dial it back. Um but the idea kind of came to me actually at Desert Hearts, I would talk about the, the title track, um, the Universal Groove. Something I would say is just like the beat doesn't care about you. Like we we're all here together, you know? Like the beat just keeps going on and on. So that was something that I had written down and uh I got Colleen to do it. I was like, This is this is kind of like the whole feeling of it, you know. We're connected by house music, but it's not house music or or the world that cares about us, it's each other. and So I really focused a lot on uh, love as, you know, a key element of the album. I mean, I'd say in in music in general, there's only really three things that you can talk about that are substantial, you know, uh, to people or relatable, I guess. And for the most part, it's like money, love and sex, you know. Uh, in some way or another most music is about that and I think love is definitely the um the uh the most pertinent in music so I really wanted to talk about that and so each track in their own ways about love um whether it's you know love for each other missing someone um just kind of, you know, and then like, um, man, I. <laughs> it's it's hard to think about right now because it's, it's over the span of two years, but it, it's really, yeah, I mean, it's about love, you know, the whole thing, whether it's miss, feel it, falling in love, like on, on slip in or, or having second doubts about a relationship on um, time to time or just having um, self love, uh, like in crash, crashing down. The pro- it, it was weird for me to have to kind of bring all these tracks together and, and make them cohesive, but it was a process I really enjoyed doing. And uh, self-releasing was um, a whole another stage of it that I didn't you know, in, realize how, how aggressive or how uh, difficult it might be.
1: What was so challenging
3: about that? I mean, marketing, the promo, the getting all the masters done professionally, um, sending it off for vinyl like we, we ordered um, a bunch of vinyl for it and still haven't received it just because of the circumstances going on but there was a lot of business aspects that were difficult and having to do the whole social media visual content and all that stuff stuff I don't really want to do you know it's like that that needs to be done but you just want to yeah. be making it yeah I just want right? to be making the music I don't want to I mean that's not entirely true I do enjoy the business side of it a lot of the time it's just when it's my own work, I just feel a little differently about it. It's like I want somebody else to kind of focus on it so I'm not tainting the actual art of it by having to, to make it a labor. Whereas like running the label and putting out other music, I'm doing it kind of more, um, a different feeling. I guess it's like the passion of, of helping other artists or releasing music that I love or just, just putting out new tunes. And so in
1: terms of that, the, the love element of it, is that a, a part of your life? Put to bed now, and we're on to something new <laughs> with the next one. Is it that um, kind of thing? without delving too deeply I, into your personal life?
3: I don't know. I most of my songs are about love in some way or another. I, th- I feel like so. Um, I don't. I don't think so. But a lot of the ideas weren't just strictly like me. You know, like l- lyrically and conceptually, is like Jackson England came up with a lot of the lyrics. Um, on time to time, Molly, Kai, and I wrote a lot, lot of lyrics together. So I mean, it was just kind of writing about those concepts as opposed to like having actual uh, ground in in how I'm feeling. You know, I, some of the tracks are that way, but um, not all of them. Uh, so to answer your question, no, I don't. I don't think I'll, I'll be moving on from concepts of love on the next album, but uh, we'll see what the concept is in general well congratulations
1: and um i know people will be anticipating what comes next um one of the things i've noticed seeing you play out and seeing you on your live streams listening to your music there's there's a lot of fun in there <laughs> like you're a guy that's that whether you are or you're not it appears that you're having a lot of fun in your work i try and to I, yeah. and i think it comes out <laughs> I think it comes out in the music and I think it comes out in your performance too. But I've noticed looking at your stream last night, uh, and by the way, if you haven't checked out Lebelski's live streams, I really recommend it because it's a real invitation in rather than a performance out. So that's what I'm gonna say, get involved. But your studio looks really creative. It looks like a really, a a place that encourages fun. It's like really tidy, I don't know if it always is, it's actually, um, Wyatt, Wyatt's studio. Is it? Well, I mean, do you spend a lot of time working in there though? Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we work a lot together. I've got my own studio space, but it's like basically a, a broom closet. So, uh, we, we have the, like all the cameras set up at, at his place and his, his place is just more visually pleasing, I'd say. But <laughs> uh, well,
1: how important is that do you think for a producer?
3: Oh, the I environment. Think, Oh, it's, it's everything. Even, even lighting, it comes down to lighting and cleanliness. If um, my desk is a mess, my projects usually are as well. As someone who came here like three
1: years ago and from England, uh, I've been in America for over a decade now, but it's, you adapt. The mindset of an English person is different to that mm. naturally of an American. And I feel like the LA mindset is different to anywhere else. America and I wonder, wonder if you could speak to what that LA energy is particularly musically and creatively and how that has affected you especially as someone who's really been you know a champion of the underground and then someone who's emerging clearly out of it
3: into the mainstream too. I feel like Los Angeles energy is such a funny concept to me. <laughs> uh, That's I because mean I you're was, from LA. This yeah right I, I was yeah I was born and raised here I mean um a lot of creative energy but there's a lot of um and unfortunately I, I hate to say it but i feel like there's a lot of culture culture vultures i always get my tongue twisted on that one but uh it's like social climbing seems to be pretty prevalent here and i'm not sure if it's the people that grew up here or or just the people that move here um and that's not really what i want to talk about anyways but you know there is a massive creative energy. And I think LA has always been a hub of creative energy. So it's like with Hollywood and the mass amount of musical career, music careers that have been, you know, jump started out of here, uh, it's been nice to be one of the rare ones that's actually from here. <laughs> uh, True Angelino. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's funny, because when I'm out and people ask me where I'm from, and I say here, they they're actually really surprised a lot of the time, just because they don't usually meet people that are from LA, out in LA, I guess. I mean, it's it's been nice. I I grew up uh, with a lot of creative people around me, so it, it felt just the right thing to do, I guess.
1: And um, I, and since you're somebody who's played all over the place now, where, where would you say is your second favorite place to play or other than LA? I'm assuming that's your favorite place to play at home.
3: Tough. Tough to say. Uh, Really enjoyed Denver. Denver's a great place to play. Uh, I love playing in New York. Miami's
1: always great. Mm. And have you played much internationally
3: yet? Um, I've played in Melbourne. And I've played in London. I've played a little bit in Ibiza, but not... Not too much. Those were very like small events. I played XOYO in London, uh, played Revolver in Melbourne. Nice. Uh, but I just hopped on as a special guest for uh, Sunshine, who does the 7 a.m. to whenever set, which is the morning sh- sermons, basically. Um, in Ibiza, I just played some random bar for free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we've all done that. Yeah, right. I played in Mexico as well, but I haven't played in and, and, and I think in Brazil, but I haven't played too much internationally, but I'm really looking forward to it. I had some stuff lined up in London and Ibiza and Barcelona that were in talks and some stuff in New Zealand and Sydney and Melbourne, but I'm um, not sure if it's going to happen now for at least a little while. When
1: the sun is shining and everything comes back, where would you say is your first bucket list
3: venue you'd love oh, to Oh, man. On? Um, I'm sure I'm not going to be able to travel internationally for a little while, but uh, domestically, I'm, I was really, really looking forward to playing like Lightning in a Bottle. That was like my my big one. Um, sure. But bucket list would have to be Meow Wolf in Santa Fe. Want to play the Terrace at Space Miami again. Yeah, that's a great room. Avant Gardner in New York. And I was lo- really looking forward to playing... Um, i looking forward to playing Denver again, but I also had some uh, a couple of gigs in LA. I was like, really looking forward to like a sound nightclub. We had a couple of gigs lined up for the year, and it was going to be a Percomaniacs residency, but don't know if we'll be able to make that happen in 2020, so we'll see. Well,
1: fingers crossed for 21. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, right? the other thing I wanted to talk to you about specifically is something that I've noticed in your music, uh, which I love. Is that there's a lot of unpredictable things that happen throughout your tracks, and it seems to me that you're an artist that is a hundred percent not afraid to fail in the studio, because the, the elements that come through. I'm thinking of um, impulse response. Oh, <laughs> right. Like there's 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 some there's some movements on that track that just have to have been playtime,
3: haven't they? That one no. That one no? started with the vocal. Yeah. I started with a vocal and I I had done that sort of effect before, but over the years I had gotten pretty good at it. So it was pretty well thought out, actually. Uh, I mean, it didn't take me very long to do it, but um, Impulse Response was definitely, I thought it was kind of one of the more simpler tracks that I'd ever written as well, but it, it seems to be very sonically pleasing for people yeah uh, i mean it's
1: not it's obvious it's not complicated in terms of how many things are going on but i've noticed in, in a lot of your music that there's 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 a lot of things like that 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 it feels like you're having fun whilst you're, oh yeah whilst you're making i mean that's it. that's my main
3: thing for sure if if it it's it's like it's got to be underground but accessible and if like, that's what dance music is though. It's like, it's fun. And there's all these people that are making like such serious music, which is great. And it's, you know, music can, is supposed to be emotional as well and invoke feeling. But for me, it's like when you hear most of this music on a, on a dance floor, it's like you're there to have fun. So why not kind of make it that? And there's always a fine line between making it cheesy, but tasteful. So that's, that's always the goal.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing whatever's coming out next. So sliding in in the background is a hot mix from Lebelski, which you're really going to enjoy. But for now, thank you so much for coming on Understated Presents LA on the Ground, one of the original understated artists play and wishing you nothing but success uh, stay well stay safe thanks for being here thanks for having me all right see ya Bye. the
0: guest mix
4: Blue faces keep me alert, worked up, no pill shoot, shots, face
1: does it for us. What a great mix there from Lebelski. Thanks for tuning in to Understated Presents LA Underground. I'm Rukin and it's been a pleasure to be with you over the last hour or so. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks time with some more great music and another awesome guest. So stay tuned for that. But for now, be well, stay safe. See ya. See ya.
0: Understated LA.